Yar! How big's your ship? Got 25 to 75 people in your company? Check out knowyourcompany.com. Software that helps companies like Airbnb know their company better. Yay! Do you suffer from an engorged pleroma? Are your demiurges out of control? Hi, I'm Dr. Llewellyn Farquhar, and I'm the founder of the Archon Diagnostics Institute. That's right, the G is silent. Here at the Archon Diagnostics Institute, we specialize in total body wellness, from gonads to monads, to help you find that divine spark within. Don't wait aeons to be your best self. Call today to make an appointment and ask for me, Sophia. Mention discount codex 8502 for 10% off, as well as a free coptical eye scan. So come see me, Dr. Llewellyn Farquhar, at the Archon Diagnostics Institute. Ignorance is not bliss. Hello, I'm DaveBot27643, and you've reached Blurry Photos. And I'm the human, David Flora, and I got hot blood pumping through my heart, and I'm coming. <laughs> I mean, sure, uh, from time to time with my children, I'll pretend to be a goblin. I'll cover them in goblin vomit. Pretend to be in bed with a goblin. D- despite what the mainstream media would have you believe, I'd never get in bed with a goblin. <laughs> Oh, God, I am loving the log flume that is Alex Jones these days. Oh, he is paying out. And you know what? I mean, obviously, we didn't discover Alex Jones. But, man, I'm so glad we bought cheap. We've been on this son of a bitch's back like Yoda for years. He's like a penny stock. We've been telling you for months. Months. (laughs) Oh, so I just couldn't be happier. That that we've been we've been kicking this guy in the slats since day one. <laughs> Hi, welcome to Blurry Photos. <laughs> Hi, everybody. How the heck are you guys doing? April has sprung. Oh man, it got. I mean, talk about sneaking up on us. And guess what? That means we are uh, just what two weeks away A from the twenty double week. The twenty seventeen Ms. Cryptid contest is already here again. Son of a bee. I had to go look for more Goatman statues. And you succeeded, sir. Well, I, I bought out whatever they had left. I can tell you that. Oh, well, but. that's okay, because you, you made a huge score. So we've got a couple of years of Goatman. <laughs> and I still got some gold paint in the old spray cans. So. Yeah, yeah. The we original paint. So, yeah. So I, I hope everything else is going great for you guys. I feel like I think we can officially say that spring is sprung, right? Oh, yeah. We're in the midst. Okay, good. That's, I mean, you know me, I'm a cold weather guy, but, you know, for the rest of you guys, I suppose that's good news. It also means Easter uh, just came in hoyant. Yep. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure there was a couple of ladies who made a trip to the, to the Piggly Dog. Um, I think they yeah. did. Yeah. So there was definitely some day after candy purchases made. Scored some pretty interesting stuff. I think mm-hmm, it's going to mm-hmm. be a fun dip into Easter this year. Oh, I love your sass, Flora. So yeah, you guys should be subscribed to Candy Chat because man, this is this is like the high holiday of the season for for those ladies. Yeah, well, you know, we've got a um an episode before the Easter one coming out still, but yeah. That one's crazy. 
Yeah. I ate a goddamn bug. Right. We chewed on sticks. You'd think I'd be okay with eating a bug because I like bugs, but no, no, bro. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, so look forward to that, but um, that's not why you're here. That's no. not why you're here. That's not why you're here. We haven't done a, an Easter-specific episode since Easter of the first year we 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 yeah. did stuff since since Ishtar. Yeah, it was the it was. I mean, I think it fell into season two just because of how the dates worked. But we right. did an uh, an Easter episode, which I I thought was very interesting, and so we decided to do something something a little uh, Easterish. Yeah, for, something for something year. with the with the rich scent of incense and religion with incense and eggs. Yeah, and my my first thought was this. Uh, my first idea was, you know, what would be an interesting semi-religious uh, episode is like the Council of Nicaea. You know, where uh, you know when they decided which books were in the Bible and which ones were now apocrypha, which ones were not canon for the Bible. And so Flora and I went over this like, oh, that seems like a great idea. Let's look into that. And uh, about five minutes into that, spoiler alert slash fun fact, <laughs> Council of Nicaea had nothing to do with selecting biblical canon. That's like, I don't know. What is what is the, the equivalent of like a Christian urban legend? Uh, I think it's a uh, Christian urban legend. <laughs> nice. All right. Well, that worked out then. Uh, yeah. So we're like, okay. So then we looked further into it. And man, that is a complex history mess. There is no clear cut lines because each different sect or denomination of Christianity or Judaism uh, are are all using different books. uh, And it is, it's fascinating. It's really interesting, but it is so interwoven that we're like, ah, we can't do that. However, in our travels, uh, then we came across, of course, because they're also known as, in some circles, the Gnostic Gospels. Yeah. Uh, Gnosticism. And we're like, hey, when was the last time we did a religion? Gaboosh. That's that's what I said. Gaboosh. He kept trying to ask me questions, and I just kept saying, Gaboosh. Agaga. Agaga. Agaboosh. Finally, I couldn't help myself but say Gaboosh with him. Yeah. Six um, hours later, <laughs> uh, yeah, this is um, this this is what I kind of dove into when Dave said Gnostic Gospels. I was like, well, let's let's just talk about what Gnostic is. So that's what we're going to talk about: Gnosticism. Yeah, I think it's exciting and, and interesting. And boy, howdy, this thing's got legs. This thing is going to run all over hither and yon. That's right. Oh, uh, so let's let's just dive right in because uh, we're great and you're great. That's right. Uh, like Dave said, the minute we started researching Gnostic Gospels and, and Council of Nicaea, it really became apparent that there was a complex, spongy cake of numerous flavors and baking techniques beneath a lovely icing and caramel glaze. And Dave, have you watched The Great British Bake Off? <laughs> I watched, I, I, I'm no joke, I watched um, like two or maybe three episodes uh, over the holidays of the great American bake off that had the British woman on it. Yeah. And then the woman from my big fat Greek wedding oh. was the other celebrity. Um, and honestly, I was just enjoying yelling at the TV so much. And I was like, your powdered sugar isn't even fucking even get out of this kitchen. You don't deserve this honor. 
<laughs> I was just really enjoying like over the top yelling about a baking competition, and it well, was the the British show is is fun to watch. Is that the one with is Noel Fielding's on that now? Now I think well they the yet to be released. Oh okay, because that's think. a thing. Yeah, I don't I don't I got to be honest. I don't know how I feel about that because. We've often discussed my fondness for the Mighty Boosh, in particular, Captain Cabinets, Trapped in Cabinets. Can he get out? Will, will he, he get, get out? out? Of course, course he will. will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, anyways, what what was I talking about? Oh, um, so we're always interested in <laughs> in learning more about different religions po- and even. We're doing a podcast, Grandpa. Focus. <laughs> I want to talk about cakes. <laughs> Sometimes breads. <laughs> We're we're interested in learning more about different religions and even the religions we're used to. Uh, the history of religions is compelling, often bloodstained, and full of Ew. misconceptions and even disinformation, Dave. That's the way they like it. Often people don't concern themselves with how their religion got started and spread. They're just happy practicing how it is now, which is fine. You do you. You do you. If you have a vested interest in dispelling misinformation and you like history, though... Much like we do. Oh, and we do. Then it's fun to look back and piece together the beginning of these powerful concepts that have shaped the world we live in. I We've mentioned the Apocrypha before, uh, I believe mostly in the Fallen Angels episode, uh, mm-hmm. and the Dead Sea Scrolls, and other examples of books that are canon to some branches of Christianity, but not others, like you were saying. These have shed some light on early Christianity and Judaism, but we haven't really talked about the people involved in the writing or the organization at the time of their creation. These religions didn't just spring up overnight, fully formed as we know them now, Dave. No, 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 no. There was a convoluted beginning that is still debated and full of contention even today. And one of the contributing factors was a system of interpreted beliefs based on early church teachings of Christianity and Judaism called Gnosticism. Ooh. You had my curiosity. Now you have my attention. <laughs> With a belief system radically different from its supposed basis, Gnosticism was, and is, called a heretical practice, and some argue a religion unto itself. We'll be taking a bird's-eye view of it, including its concepts, disputes with other churches, and how much we know about it based on more modern discoveries. This is a huge subject to cover, so we won't get to every little detail, Captain Caveat. Nope. <laughs> but maybe that means we can get an expert in here in a future episode to hit those details. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. The term is a modern one that originates from the Greek gnosis, to know. And so it's fitting that we seek knowledge on the subject of Gnosticism. Mm-hmm. I dig it. I dig it the most. This is such a great, weird topic to just to dive face first into. So let's just do it. Let's get in there. Yep. Uh, we'll start where we start in Historia. This part, this, it's perhaps the most difficult part of the subject to suss out, Dave. <laughs> Thank you, David. <laughs> there isn't a lot of firsthand information to confirm or deny how and when Gnosticism got started. So it's important to keep in mind that for every origin theory, there's another disagreeing with it. And what we're left with is what the majority of scholars believe, which isn't ideal, but it's a start. Gnosticism seems to have started around the end of the first century CE. 
Around this time, Judaism was pretty well established and Christianity was getting its footing. But both had sects galore. Everyone had sects, day and night. <laughs> oh. A veritable orgy of sects. Yep. You had the Essenes, Pharisees, Sadducees, Samaritans, Zealots, Nazarenes, Ebionites, Paulines, Gnostics, etc., etc. Sects, sects, sects. Each had its own interpretations and beliefs of the same source material, usually the Torah and other books of the Old Testament. They definitely didn't get along with each other, but coexisted loosely through their varied syncretism, which is a mixing of beliefs and practices from different schools of thought. The problem was there was no central authority for any of these groups to congeal around. And this is the main reason many sects and groups faded into obscurity over the years. Because they couldn't congeal. Yep. That's a big problem with sects. I'm never going to be done with that, by the way. Who is? (laughs) Yeah. There was the Council of Jerusalem in 48 CE, where some leaders of Christianity met to iron out some rules and laws of Christian ethics. Uh, But it wasn't until the 4th century that Christianity began to really solidify and organize, coinciding with the fall of the Roman Empire, and that Gnosticism began to decline, and Christianity as we know it took shape. So, you know, it took it. Took it a little while. Right. And everything everything was kind of living in, in this soup of beliefs at the time. It's just, you know, it's kind of like high school. There are all yeah. these cliques. And it, you know, it's fascinating. Sometimes you'll see, I see them on like uh, uh, Imgur sometimes, the those maps of yeah. uh, religious Im, uh, impact over time. And, and you spread. see- yeah, and yeah. it's it's like watching, um, you know, to see this these maps bloom with influence. And I mean, at one point, Christianity was was like the majority of China was Christian, and then no, it's not anymore. I mean, just it's just fascinating. We could do an episode just on that alone. Maybe someday we will. Not today, <laughs> but uh, but you're right. It is. It was. It was an interesting uh, and and pretty pivotal time for world religions in general. Uh, it's believed Gnosticism began in Alexandria, Egypt. I mean, it, yeah, fine, okay. You got me. You got me in a box here. Yes, it's a guess, but it's a fairly educated guess in that Alexandria was an epicenter of knowledge, religions, cultures, philosophy, and everything cool in the ancient world. Heard it's got a pretty sweet uh, library going for it too. A lighthouse too. <laughs> it's got a lighthouse. Lighthouse of Alexandria. <laughs> Only if you had the science resources to build it. Okay. <laughs> Civ jokes. Someone's been playing Civ. We, we, got, little... we got Civ jokes, people. All right. Uh, some theories of Gnosticism's concepts say that, as we'll find later, it had many influences, which possibly included Platonic and Pythagorean philosophy, which we've discussed, Zoroastrian ideas, which we've often threatened to discuss, and even Buddhist similarities, which we have never discussed at all. True. Boy. That sentence covered a lot of territory. <laughs> this research may have honed our skills to to cover Zoroastrianism, though. That's true. I got a better feel for maybe how to cover something like this. I, I, I hope that um, discussing the Zoroastrian episode, because honestly, uh, I was discussing this with somebody today, and I, 
I thought that we actually had done a Zoroastrian episode after all as like an extra or something. Mm. But and now that I think about it, I realize we hadn't. We've just talked about it so much that I thought we had. Classic. I hope that somebody's Blurry Photos bingo card has a discussion of Zoroastrianism. Shake my damn, damn head. head. Uh, Gnostic ideas developed at the same time as the New Testament was written. Hubba yawa. Yeah, yeah. As as Gnostic teaching spread in the second and third centuries, the Orthodox Christian Church, which wasn't called that at the time, at the time it just went by Ace. <laughs> <laughs> just went by Shooter. <laughs> it just it it gave itself the nickname, and boy, people just refused to use it. They're like, El Churcho. Your name is Orthodox Christian Church, not Ace. <laughs> not snake. <laughs> um, it was actually just a loose beginning of what would become the Orthodox church. Um, anyway, the uh, Orthodox Christian church got fed up with it. It was condemned as heresy because the ideas deviated so much from what the growing orthodoxy was teaching. Uh, it was popular in Roman controlled areas and somewhat in Persian territory and in the Middle East. But as Rome fell and the Orthodox Christianity and, and Orthodox Christianity rose, Gnosticism's days were unnumbered with Islam's rise in the Middle East and some bloody solidification of Christianity in the Middle Ages. Gnosticism was all but snuffed out with a few movements popping up here and there coinciding with mysticism, as we've discussed in the 19th and early 20th century. That, yeah, mysticism. That, how many pies does it's got its thumb stuck in? Yeah, I, I like that you went with that body part analogy. What did, what, what did you think? Oh, it, were you referring to our classic dick in buckets? No, dude, you step in buckets. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you do. I'll t- just don't borrow my buckets, man. <laughs> I'm Dave. Don't borrow my buckets. <laughs> um, I commented buckets. So, do you know much about the Crusades, Dave? Um, I know very little about the Crusades. Yeah, in 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 totality, I I do too. Because I looked at this, and one of the Crusades, one one of what they are, I guess, considering a crusade, maybe. Not not one of the anyway the Abigenses crusade. This is uh-huh. going off. This is going off of memory soaked in bourbon. Perfect. Yes, Abigenses sounds sounds perfectly accurate. I'm telling you right now, I'm pronouncing that wrong. So fuck your penalty box. Oh, speaking of which, uh, when are we gonna do that? Um, when when Mark Soloff gets back from Japan, he's gonna be our judge. Oh, sweet. We are going to do Judge Mark Soloff? I, I want an impartial uh, judge on this. I want somebody who's who's going to listen to our cases because we each kind of have one anyway. Oh, man. I love this. I was I, I was going to make no defense. You, you were resigned? Yeah. I was going to plead, plead no contest. Wow. Fight, man. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You got it. I, that's exciting. I think I would you've love got to more have... of a fight than I do. Anyway. The judge Mark Soloff section of, a, of the podcast? I'm excited about that. I feel like I'm just learning about this, but I know that I'm not because I remember talking about it now. <sighs> Words keep trucking. I got a lot of ideas in my head, though, so you could be right. <laughs> Listen, um, one of the, the this crusade uh, sought to uh, get rid of the Cathars. You, you ever heard of the Cathars? 
I have, but I don't know who they are or yeah. why they why they love cats so much. That's that's one of the things, man. <laughs> that's one of the things, man. <laughs> like like wow, man. Like wow, Scoob. We gotta go after the Scoobers. Apparently, uh, an, an Gnostics, or at least got some. Uh, this is all. This is all bourbon soaked memory. I'm taking it off the record so it doesn't count. So shut <laughs> up. But yeah. um, anyways, they were in the Middle Ages. That um, they were systematically uh, destroyed uh, somewhere in the south of France. That's what. That's why I was like, man, a crusade in France is that even possible? And then I looked it up, and it's like there are crusades everywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah, they were. Anyway, that um, that that's that's just a throw in. This reminds me of the Hermeticism. Which probably I think it does actually tie in at, at some point loosely, but um, the spiritualist movements and the stuff that uh, fucking Aleister Crowley was doing with the Golden oh, Dawn yeah. and all those 19th century uh, secret clubs that everybody had to get in because you know Egyptian because <laughs> they were so rich and bored they just needed like another reason to get drunk and get laid. Because that's right. what you really have. When you're in that position, that's a real big problem. Yeah. Really got to create an elaborate series of events so that you can wear robes, light candles, get drunk with your friends, and have a ton of sex. Yep. I'm rich. I need some sex to be formed. Yes, it's time for magic sex, everyone. Everyone get your robes out, but then simply take them off swiftly. It's time for magic sex parties. <laughs> Forget your mask. I've brought bottles of wine. Drink it. (laughs) Here we go. Part of the difficulty in researching Gnosticism is parsing the truth from what the Orthodox Church has denigrated over the centuries. For a long time, most of the info we had to go on was from the point of view of the institution calling Gnosticism heretical. Not a very good source of information. That all changed in 1945. That's right. Whoa. A year before the Dead Sea Scrolls were discovered. In the midst of W-W-Joe. Yeah, what I'm saying? I'm not John Wayne. I just had a stroke. I'll tell you what. Every... I don't think there's a joke that I have said today that I haven't instantly gone, boy, I hope Flora cuts that out. <laughs> so, so sorry, everybody. I mean, Go I'm not going to stop, but know that it, while I simultaneously refuse to stop, I am genuinely sorry for what's happening. Carrying on. Yeah. A year before the Dead Sea Scrolls were discovered, a similar discovery was made way down in upper Egypt near some... <laughs> Some caves outside the town of Nag Hammadi. I'll let that sink in. <laughs> yeah. uh, to, uh, ju- uh, just two brothers were digging out uh, poop for fertilizer near the... Why did I uh, suddenly turn into uh, 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 Jeff Goldblum? Uh, because Jeff Goldblum uh, uh, finds a way. Two brothers were out digging for poop for fertilizer near the Jabal Al-Tarif caves when one of them hit something hard under the dirt. He ended up digging out a six-foot sealed jar, which was buried next to a corpse. At first, he was fearful of opening the jar, 
worried that he might unleash a gin, but his curiosity soon won out, and he smashed it open, revealing 13 volumes of papyrus text bound together in tooled gazelle leather. Ooh, tooled. <laughs> it's been worked. <laughs> it's been worked, son. The brothers, who couldn't read, nevertheless knew they had found something special and brought the texts home, planning to sell them one by one for maximum profit. <laughs> oh, you got to understand, they're really only worth the most as a complete set, so big mistake there. Also, did you put them in sleeves? Because... <laughs> think you get some of your finger oils on there. Yeah, you got to send them off to get them graded, man. Now, there are two versions of what happened not long after. Their mother, fearful of what evil might be contained in the pages they couldn't read, threw several into a fire. Or the mother unknowingly or uncaringly tossed several into a fire as kindling for baking bread. Either way, a bunch were lost to history before the brothers secured the rest. In one of those damn it moments, <laughs> yeah, right? For anybody who who appreciates uh, history, mom, come on! I thought you boys wanted bread, mom, <laughs> mom. These were my special books. I found them in the desert. They were covered in ancient writing. Ah. <laughs> God, literally, <laughs> literally, <laughs> zing. So, um, one year later, fast forward a year, the brothers, now fighting with each other over who who the f cares, gave the text to a Coptic priest, and the texts were eventually sold and released and researched, and ended up at the Coptic Museum in Cairo, except for one, Dave. Oh, really? Which had been sold to a Belgian antique oh. dealer. You gotta watch those Belgians. The Belgians, always. From there, it was purchased as a gift for everyone's favorite psychoanalyst captain, Carl Jung. <sighs> captain Carl getting it. Getting it. And it was donated to the C.G. Jung Institute in 1950. The text was nicknamed the Jung Codex, and it was eventually given back to the Coptic Museum in Cairo in 1975. The Nag Hammadi Library provided valuable insight and scholarship into the origins of Christianity and Gnosticism in particular. More on that later. Uh, Kabbalah is also related to Gnostic ideas, but we're going to save those for another episode. Yeah, Dave and I both want to learn about uh, Kabbalah a little bit more, but it's tied in, and we've mentioned it. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Check. Box checked. <laughs> Click. Uh, so let's go over some of like the, uh, the 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 concepts of Gnosticism. Yeah, what is Gnosticism? Uh, so according to Gnosis.org, uh, Gnosticism is the teaching based on Gnosis, the knowledge of transcendence arrived at by way of interior intuitive means. Which is to say, the kingdom of heaven was within, not without. And the individual spiritual awakening was the key to said kingdom. Uh, Gnostics claimed, quote, to know something special, something secret that those who didn't subscribe to their beliefs couldn't know. Those that wrote the Gnostic Gospels believed that they had received secret teaching. Um, which I always want to say, secret teaching. <laughs> <laughs> Poof. <laughs> 
<laughs> He'll be back. <laughs> Poof. Poof. Have you seen uh, my keys? <laughs> yeah. Did I leave mine cell phone here? <laughs> oh, it's in the car. Poof. <laughs> Poof. So are we still on for that movie tomorrow? <laughs> okay. I would like my big gulp back, please. <laughs> um, part of that could originate from the New Testament gods- gospel of I'm Mark. just doing it to <laughs> f*** with you now. <laughs> Poof. Oh, man. World's worst nightcrawler. <laughs> it's like it's like Dr. Nightcrawler puss. <laughs> oh, that's right. I forgot when we did that. Spider-Man! Um, Oh boy, that that was a longer quote than we thought, wasn't it? Yeah, I'm I'm sorry. I I'll, I'll shut up. Oh God, no, no. I was no, thinking about only... the the Spider Man quote. Remember oh yeah, asking you to do things as Spider Man or that, as as Doc uh, Ock. super super villain. <laughs> yeah, Doc Shock. There it was. All right, do that be lot Sorry, I'll, I'll I'll shut up. Everybody wants um, to hear what the hell we're talking about. <laughs> Uh, part of that could originate from the New Testament, uh, from the New Testament Gospel of Mark, when Jesus spoke to his disciples in chapter four, verse eleven. "Quote, Flora, oh. I want. I mean, normally I'd ask for a Charlton Heston here, but we've done Heston for a couple of different things. So I just want like you're you're just like a Richard Burton. Yeah, I want a Richard Burton reading of this star of stage and screen. Sure, sure." I don't I have no idea so I'll just do it. Oh, okay. And he said unto them, Unto you it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. But unto them that are without, all these things are done in parables. And in chapter 4 verse 34, But without a parable spake he not unto them. And when they were alone, he expounded all things to his disciples. Oh, that's some King James version, son. Is there any other kind? Yes. Yes, there is. And there, and there's also the example of when Jesus taught Paul's secrets not revealed to the apostles in the book of Romans. Uh, so it already has sort of a basis of, uh, oh, we know something you don't know. <laughs> I'll never tell. <laughs> making it sort of an exclusive little crowd. But that was part and parcel uh, of sex in those days. Sects. Sects. We are children. uh, Yeah, truthfully. Truthfully. (laughs) Honest, honest havingness. So all all those guys were like, oh, we're special because we know something I don't know. Yeah. Right, and uh, for yeah, I I can certainly uh, I can teach you, but I'd have but to I'll charge. Have to charge. <laughs> My gospel brings all the boys to the yard, and that's right. It's better than yours. A darn right, it's better than yours. <laughs> that would be a pretty great song just to just to discuss Gnosticism <laughs> to milkshake. We've got to get through more of these concepts before we can actually build the, the lyrics to that. It's true. Uh, do you know, in my whole life, only once in my life have I uttered the phrase kill yourself and meant it. 
And uh, I was at work one day and I was talking about the milkshake song because who wouldn't? And I was like, you know, that song by Kellis. And this, co- this guy I used to work with goes, um, it's pronounced Kellis. And just like on full body emotional autopilot, I just went, God, kill yourself. That's it. It's the only time I've said it and meant it in my whole life. It's a terrible right. thing to say to somebody. That's right. Be careful with those penalty boxes. But if you're the guy who has to go around correcting people's pronunciations of people's names that are made with dollar signs, (laughs) or is that Kesha? I don't see. I don't even know. Old man rants with your host. Shut up with us today. Stay off my lawn. (laughs) Joining us later. I don't like the looks of those teenagers. (laughs) And with and joining us as always, you call that music? <laughs> Tonight's musical guest, what the hell's Twitter? <laughs> it's all booms and clicks. <laughs> okay, so let's start breaking down some of these things. First of all, the deity. Um, there is a perfect, ultimate, transcendent God known as the monad or the one who brought forth from within himself everything there is in existence. Though it is not considered creation, it is beyond creation, for all is God as all is of God. Oh. Right? Did you follow me there? <laughs> wait, wait. Let me wipe the stuff that's coming out of my ears up. Yep. There's your eminence. Melt. Uh, apparently, the projection of, uh, of this divine essence was so great that the farther the essence from the divine source, the more corrupt they became. To worship the cosmos or nature or embodied creatures is thus tantamount to worshiping alienated and corrupt portions of the emanated divine essence. Let's talk about the aeons. Yeah, yeah. Part of this divine essence took the form of aeons, or intermediate immortal deific beings who exist between the ultimate true God and ourselves. You and me, motherfucker. One of the most important of these figures is Sophia a.k.a. Wisdom, who emanated from her own being a flawed consciousness. So she just kind of spewed out this being who ended up being kind of a jackass. Unaware of how he came to be, he imagined himself to be the ultimate and absolute god and created what we know of as the material and psychic cosmos. What is the psychic cosmos? Right. I would like to visit all flawed due to his own flawed perception. His taking existing divine essence and crafting it into forms earned him the name Demiurgos, the half-maker. No, that's that's Demi... No, Demi not, Mentos? Uh, yeah, f- I didn't want to burn it. I didn't want to burn it. Oh, I burned it for you. I'm a little arsonist. I'm a little pun arsonist. <laughs> he is either completely ignorant of the Godhead or violently opposed to it but can also be found under the names Ahriman, for for our Zoroastrian friends, El, Satan, and Yahweh. Now, that surprises me. Isn't that interesting? Well, so here's the deal. They're basically saying that the God of the Old Testament is this bastard that has no idea that he's (laughs) not the ultimate God. Oh, and the other religions took issue with this. I can't imagine why. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll 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 circle back to that. But, so yeah, uh, you know, tomato, tomato, Yahweh, Loki. What's the diff? Gotta go. 
I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll take this opportunity. If you want to hear more about this, uh, check out the Dragons in Genesis podcast. Uh, he does a lot of fun work with the Old Testament and what kind of uh, and 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 parsing out what kind of God is presented therein from a non-religious point of view. I would say. Anyway, let me keep going here. Mm-hmm. Uh, this this Demiurgus also created the, the Archons, servants that are compared to angels and demons in the Old Testament. Now, in most teachings of Gnosticism. The entire universe of sensory experience is condemned as evil. Evil. In this sense, the human body is a prison for these sparks of divine essence from which we are all made. There are many interpretations of Jesus' origins and role as a Gnostic savior, with some believing that he was brought to earth to help humans find Gnosis, and some believing that he was a human who attained divinity through Gnosis and tried to help others do the same. So, jury's out on on who Jesus truly was for the Gnostics. Right. A lot of them, anyway. But, either way, he tried to help us. Yeah. Uh, speaking of us, let's talk about the humans in this, in this great big uh, radio play. <laughs> uh, complex creatures. That is us. Very dualistic in that we are created half by a false creator God and half of the divine essence of the true God. We are generally ignorant of this divine spark, mostly due to the diligence of the Demiurgos and his archons trying to keep us that way. Uh, now, again, from Gnosis.org, quote, oh, Florida, give oh. us, get, I need your best Gnosis.org accent. And you already burned Richard Burton, so you know, don't you dare go to back, back to that well. Anything that causes us to remain attached to earthly things serves to keep us in enslavement to those lower cosmic rulers. Death releases the divine spark from its lowly prison, but if there has not been a substantial work of Gnosis undertaken by the soul prior to death, it becomes likely that the divine spark will be hurled back into, and then re-embodied within, the pangs and slavery of the physical world. Gnosis.org, motherfucker! Uh, what? Okay, so there was some soul prison, and uh, some spark hurling, and then there was a pang of slavery. So, I got it. I got everything. Uh, Gnostics envision a kind of evolution of consciousness in this sense. Um, Which then would, I guess, bring us to salvation. It's reincarnation, in a sense. It is, um, isn't that, man... I don't know for sure, and it's probably stupid of me to ask, but isn't that Buddhistic in, in a sense? Like you're I trying it, to reach nirvana? Yeah, from within. That Yeah, you create your own personal but ability to transcend. Some, some Hinduistic like reincarnation if you, if you don't. Like there's some karma in there too. Yeah, and I think like the, the, the difference in my understanding of it, and I'm no expert, so just cool y'all jets, but like that... In in Buddhism, the answers are within because that's where the answers are. But whereas I feel like with Gnosticism, the answers are within because that is the key to the without, to getting to to that next place. Mm. Um. So I don't know. I, you know, I, I, I mm. yeah, yeah. It, boy, this. Uh, if if we both had some wor- some some Werbin and and some bead, <laughs> and smoked some bead. We might we might just do a whole philosophy of it, but uh, 
it's yeah. it's getting good. It's getting good. Tell us about salvation. All right, all right. Salvation it salvation it is, Flora. You convinced me. Okay. Uh, humans have been helped throughout the ages by, quote, messengers of the light from the true God, including Seth, who's the third son of Adam, the prophet Mani, and Jesus. Uh, sin is not what we are to be saved from, but rather ignorance of the spiritual realities. Indeed, although it's a personal experience uh, and salvation can be found in every individual, these messengers are necessary to establish sacraments and awaken our divine spark from without these guys are going to jump start us that's kind of what it is huh yeah it's, it's also a good spark metaphor so I'm, I'm just running with it but i found it interesting that you can find what you need from within but then you need somebody from without to to get that fired up to get to get you going to get you on your way mm-hmm. like who who is that these days for us the last one was like the J man, right? Like, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. We, we have been without a, a qualified spark, uh, igniter for some time. Yeah, you're right. I mean, and I mean, granted there's been plenty of people who claim to have the ability. Uh, it doesn't seem to have worked out for any of them in some cases, tragically. So Mr. Koresh, I'm looking at you. Ooh. Yeah. Plenty of people claim to be, to be the man returned, but, uh, so far, well, None of that's panned out. There are some some rules to go along with this in that there aren't, but there sort of are. Uh, most systems of rules are okay within Gnosticism uh, to provide structure to society because, you know, you, you, need, you need rules to live by. You can't just go around killing each other. But most of them, they're not conducive to salvation. In fact, many usually derive from the demiurgos to serve his purposes. Ethics, deriving from the inner spark, are considered spiritually informed and ideal. So, you know, it, it comes okay. from within you to, to do good. Yeah, that's, that's listening to that good half. I think so, yeah. Quote, Gnosticism embraces numerous general attitudes towards life. It encourages non-attachment and non-conformity to the world, a being in the world, but not of the world. Nice little marketing tag there. Uh, A lack of egotism, always a good thing, and a respect for the freedom and dignity of other beings. Sounds like a pretty cool rule. Yeah. Yes, it does indeed. I I like it when these things show up in these lists, like a little, little little bit of respect. Yeah. Some of the some of the teachers, some of the the big figures of Gnosticism that you're going to see throughout the ages, although not all of them, um, include Valentinus, who was a candidate for Bishop of Rome in the second century. He was CD. also a, a very small, stunted man. He almost looked like a baby, and he loved setting people up. Sometimes, also, he was eventually imprisoned for shooting people with cutesy arrows. <laughs> he wore diapers a lot. Yeah, he was a senator, though, so they couldn't really touch him for a while, but they eventually. When he wasn't chosen for that role for to, to be Bishop of Rome, he started his own church with blackjack, blackjack and, and hookers. hookers. <laughs> I could have said that if it wasn't on there. <laughs> <laughs> he had a very intellectual approach to Gnosticism and thought that the Demiurgus wasn't an asshole. He just wasn't as cool as those from which he emanated. Didn't know any better. 
Yeah, he's a poor kid. He's, he was scrappy. He lived by his wits. Also, physical reality wasn't as harsh, according to Valentinians. I guess they didn't see uh, quite the, the emo goth view of the world. Like, right. Uh, Prophet Manny, or Mani, brought about a synthesis of many religions in the third century common era and taught a religion of pure reason with knowledge as salvation. Okay. There's a lot more to it. He's he's got a whole uh, movie of his own, but we're we're just we're 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 flying overhead. We're satellite imaging. Then there's um, Marcion, who taught in Rome in the second century, uh, who distinguished the Old Testament from the New. Like like whoa, he was like the Old Testament and the New Testament completely different. So don't don't even trip. Yeah, that's like the difference between Mad Dad and Fun Dad. <laughs> uh, and he was a rigorous ascetic. You know, you know about asceticism. Uh, no, be, being not ascetic. even, not it's, even a little bit. It's like saying I am going to be uh, celibate and I'm going to fast. I can only have a, this rigid diet. Uh, I, I, it's, it's basically just making a very strict set of rules for yourself in a way mm-hmm. for religious purposes. And uh, then, you know, he was also like, knowledge is salvation, Marcion. Anyway. Oh, that'd make a great tramp stamp tattoo. Ugh, knowledge is salvation. That's, uh, that's a few of the people you'll, you'll run across. All right, well, let me ask you this, Flora, then. I mean, these people are well and good and all these facts and stuff, but what if I really wanted to buck the trend? What if I wanted to make some enemies in what would someday become the Orthodox Church, but at this point was uh, still known as uh, slick? <laughs> Uh, what if I, what if I wanted to get into some good old fashioned heresy? You you'd be in uh, spades in that. You'd be up up yep. to your damn hips, shaking my damn head. Um, you can see why it might be considered heresy, as it's basically saying the God of the Old Testament is false and even more so evil. Whoa. That we all have the ability to find redemption within ourselves and that the physical world was a mistake also rustled a world of jimmies in early Christianity and beyond. The bishop Irenaeus in the late 2nd century was a vehement opponent of Gnosticism, calling it a serious threat to the church and that only bishops are safe guides to the interpretation of scripture. By the way, I'm a bishop. Only listen to me. Yeah, that's convenient and uh, uh, magnificent when you can pull that maneuver. Hey, man, it's being pulled even today. Truth. Not even in religion. Tell me about the uh, the different texts that we get with this. We'll, sure, we'll, sure. We'll round us out with, with this since we said yeah. we'll circle back. Right. So uh, the Nag Hammadi Library, which, and fun fact, uh, my fiancé, for funsies and whatnot, um, used to do when she was in her getting her undergrad historical book binding, and she made a historically accurate Nag Hammadi. Fun fact: I think, I, heck, as far as I know, it's somewhere in the house here. Or she, I, I don't know. Or she, she baked bread with it. Or she turned it, yeah. Or she needed to make some bread and, and burned it for kindling. I hope she um, skinned the gazelles herself. She's a really into hand tooling that gazelle leather. <laughs> Tool. Uh, <laughs> tooled. The Nag Hammadi Library finally gave scholars a source of Gnostic teaching that didn't slam it as heretical and horrendous. 
It contains several Gnostic treatises, some of the more famous ones being the Gospel of Truth, the Apocryphon of John, and the Gospel of Thomas, uh, also the Gospel of Philip, the Gospel according to Charlie Drake, uh, but then there's also the Thunder, Perfect Mind, uh, which is a series of riddles which make contradictory statements about some sort of mysterious figure. That sounds confusing. It's like it's it's riddles about a mystery. Yeah, yeah, basically, it's like I am the father and the mother. I I am the sister and the whore, or something like that. I, I don't know. I think nope. you mean who? Uh, don't so quote me, but uh, also the Gospel of Mary Magdalene, which was found in Egypt in 1896, is also considered a Gnostic text. So that's kind of interesting. I mean. You don't think of old Mary Magdalene as having a say in anything, but but she do. There's a gospel out there. Oh yes, she did. Oh yes, she did. She looking at you. (laughs) 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 That's glorious. This is something that I want to come back to. You know, we we've often talked about, and people have even asked for the life of Jesus. Yeah, uh, as a teenager, you know, like what happened to Jesus between. Uh, uh, birth and coming back and and fishing and loving it up, and I think it's a it's an interesting topic. And there's a lot of of weird and cool theories out there. Agreed. Some of this, some of it is detailed in uh, the Apocrypha and some of these other books. And in fact, the book of Pseudo Matthew, which talks about Sma- Jesus, the book of Smatthew, talks about Jesus as a toddler. Staring down a cave of dragons. Oh. Which inspired some artwork that you can now find on the Blurry Photos Threadless store. His name's Jesus, son of God. He's a savior. And he, he has, has a whip. <laughs> He's a carpenter. Has a hammer. Killed by Judas, by Judas, Judas did it, he's the guy. <laughs> but there is a gospel of Judas. Oh, no one knows past this part. You know, oh, it's just crazy. Okay. Now it's just creepy. So we've given the briefest of looks and a lot of bullshit in, in between. Sorry yep, for yep. that. That's how we uh, hold all the bricks of this house together. <laughs> at what we think is a fascinating part of world religion and religious history. And as we said, we could go into detail about many aspects, but we'll save those for another time. I'm sure there are people that that would be willing to talk to us about Gnosticism and some of the details therein. So if you guys liked it, please let us know if you'd like to hear more. Scholars debate to this day whether Gnosticism should be considered a sect of Christianity or an outright religion of its own. I mean, you can see why... Uh, it is kind yeah. of outstanding in its field. <laughs> it's It's got a foot in each boat, that's for sure. Yeah, really. But uh, hopefully you have a better understanding of Gnosticism if you run across the term in the future, eh? Yeah, because I, I mean, I, I've, I've heard it, but I I would love doing the research on this because it was, it was just such a, a complete mystery to me. So, And I'm not saying I understand it better now, but, you know, I know more words. Right, right. What else can you ask for? The sketchy history of it is is the part that's kind of murky, but the concepts are pretty universal throughout Gnosticism. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's interesting to draw parallels between it and other religions. Right? 
that'll do it for Gnosticism in a uh, nutshell that finds its own... A hand, a hand-tooled... <laughs> yeah, hand-tooled nutshell that finds its own salvation in a divine spark within. Oh, man. The nut is the divine spark. Oh, thank you for finishing that off. Uh, well, you know, you know where else you can look for divine inspiration? Bird poop. The, the gospel according to Paul. <laughs> oh, Flora, why don't you go first? Okay. So there are no Gnostic texts that have been found in Australia. And the reason is because they have feral dogs that eat old leather codices. In fact, if you find one of these dogs old enough and you cut it open, you might find some original scripture in a Nag Hammadingo. Nag Hammadingo. I like that. I do enjoy that. I, I kind of wanted to make like an an eggnog joke or yeah, something, but yeah. didn't didn't get there. Um, do you know that in the second century CE, uh, there there was a um, a candidate for the Bishop of Rome? Oh yeah. Yeah, but here's the thing that made him very, uh, very special. One, he was like eight years old. Two, had a lot of health problems and uh, usually kind of working his way around just on one crutch. <laughs> and you know the the thing, you smelling this? I think I'm. I'm thinking fucking up a whiff. Ain't that the Dickens? And he had a, he had a lot of specific thoughts about God. Um, <laughs> and, and in particular, um, he was fond of saying, Monad bless us, everyone. He was uh, Valentinus Tim. <laughs> yeah, he was. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. What do you got? Because I feel like I've got a pretty strong dismount here. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I like your confidence. Watch yourself. We might get a run scored here with this one then. Because there's a religion for those of us with a sense of humor who usually play a supporting character for comic relief in life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, followers of this religion are deputized and given pistols with one shiny bullet. And the symbol is a talking <sighs> fish. It's Don Nazticism. I would absolutely... The amazing Mr. Limpet. Yep. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I would... if. If, if there isn't a church to Don Knotts, I'll start it because I love Don Knotts. I used to own the Don Knotts video library on VHS. <laughs> He's great. If you guys ever get the opportunity to watch a very strange movie from a very weird time in this country, watch The Love God. It's literally The People versus Harry Flint, but with Don Knotts as the pornographer. True story. Oh. Uh, it's It's crazy. All right, I got my last pun here. Um, Bring me home. Uh, did you know that um, you know, in an attempt to kind of expand their market, uh, Disney is actually starting to make uh, religious animated features. But because they're kind of you know one toe in the water, they don't want to spend a ton of money. So what they're doing is they're taking some of their older features and maybe rebranding them, changing some of the scenes, changing some of the song lyrics to make them more... Uh, you know, relevant to the, the religion in question. Just for example, uh, the upcoming feature song of the Sinai with the, uh, the big, the big musical number being, 
uh, Nag Hammadi Duda, Nag Hammadi A. <laughs> my oh my, what a Gnostic day. <laughs> Plenty of monad coming my way. <laughs> <laughs> Nag Hammadi Duda, <laughs> Nag Hammadi. <laughs> so yeah, there you go. There you <laughs> Them's go. musical puns. Sure are. <laughs> Oh man, and 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 for for every monad inspired musical, there's always going to be a demiurge inspired <laughs> listener mix. All right, I'm going to kick it off this time. I think you started last time. Okay, I'm just picking at random. Get your arc on. I will get my arc on. Got an email here from Banna. Banna. He writes, greetings from Idaho. Oh, this isn't going to go well for you, Flora. Retro. Um, I wanted to write in to say how much I love the podcast. Oh, thank, thank you. I'm um, finally just getting caught up on the blurry photober, and you two keep cracking me up nonstop. Awesome. My mom is a hippie and a diehard Sasquatch, Nessie, Slenderman, Aliens, Ghost Believer, and has always shared as much information as she could find with me about other cryptids. While horrifying as a child, now as an adult, I have a fascination with these topics, and they, the topics, couldn't be better matched than with your goofball brand of humor. What are you talking about? Super Factual documentaries is what we're producing here. (laughs) Felfior. (laughs) <laughs> Thank you uh, both so much for what you do. You have the prestigious spot of being the only podcast I have time to listen to. Oh, I do like that. We did it. We took the top spot. I wanted to let you know that you have lots of fans in Idaho and that, whoa, 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 throwing some rocks here and that Boise does suck, but Uh-oh. you should come to Boise anyways. I live in Moscow, which is about six hours north, but if you wow. come to Boise for a show, I will definitely make the trip down. If you do visit, I would love to grab a brew with y'all and maybe tag along to the Lego shop. I'm oh, into yeah. all those things. I accept. As a medical student, I can offer free uninformed medical advice, so if you can cook up some good questions. If Dr. Eventually, Banna. P.S. I have sleep paralysis, and it really is as terrible as everyone says. That sounds awesome horrifying i even have had exploding head syndrome before explanations of how these happen are always fun uh could you back the truck up on exploding head syndrome i've heard of that but i i don't know much about it yeah i have never heard of it i've heard all i want i all i want to do is learn more now i'll have to ask kim when she gets home yeah i feel like i sometimes get like a whale decides to like roll over in its sleep on my head syndrome. But <laughs> then it's like a slow burn, but not exploding. I'll say this, Banna. Uh, when you graduate from medical school, uh, or even in your, your last year there, feel free to take a trip out here to Iowa. Check out the University of Iowa Medical School. It's a fine facility with great, great people in it. We can hang out. Just saying. I think I knew a dude named Andy from Moscow, uh, Idaho, at one point in my travels. Anyway, but um, thanks for writing to us, Banna. And um, I don't know about you, Dave, but I would like to to uh, experience this shit at least once in my life just to see what it's about, like sleep paralysis. Uh, no. No, thank you. You, you never do, because you're a PU55Y. But I, <laughs> I, but I would totally try it. STFU! STFU. <laughs> Lol, no. We've got this one from Dan. 
Hello, devs. Love your show. Thank you. I listened while I'm driving my UPS route. Man, isn't that like the smartest? Like, right? I should, I should give uh, a card to my UPS guy. Like, that's a good idea. You guys are in, in trucks all day. It, it, it only makes sense. So I live next door to my parents um, in my old neighbor's house. My sister was friends with the daughter and my mom's besties with my landlord. And they both always said the house was haunted. No real backstory. It's just what they say. I never told my wife because it would freak her out. The other night around 3 a.m., I woke up and saw someone at the foot of the bed. Blah! No. Pass. No, thank you. I thought I must still be dreaming, so rubbed my eyes, still there. So I reached for my phone while keeping an eye on it, still there, turn on the flashlight app, and nothing. I have had sleep paralysis, and this was not that. I don't know if it was just my imagination, but it sure didn't feel like it. Now a follow-up, I have a two-year-old who loves to go hunting for spooky ghosts, I just assumed because I like spooky stuff, but then she's looking down the hall and I ask, what do you see? She says, spooky ghost. Yeesh. No, thank you. That's even worse when a child calmly sees something that should be a giant issue. Well, that's how you know it's real. Thanks for sharing that, Dan. Oh, blah. I guess thanks. That's awesome. I won't sleep. <laughs> Got an email here from Pretty Witty Joe. Pretty Witty Joe. Uh, haven't heard from Pretty Witty Joe for a while. Not since we had uh, uh, met at the uh, Milwaukee Paracon. We, we made a horrible impression on her. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, she writes, R.E. Bullstone 24, screw you very much, sir. Burnt toast is excellent. That is all. Dave, I feel like that that's towards me. I think I said some disparaging remarks about burnt toast. Was it me? I don't remember at all, but whatever it is, I love the response. I have a feeling in the pit of my stomach that it was me, uh, which is dumb because I like burnt stuff, and I think you can even attest to that. Yeah, I, I like burnt I cheese pizza. I, I don't know why I would have disparaged burnt toast. Maybe I did. I don't know. I say all kinds of things. One thing I do know, I, I believe Pretty Woody Joe is a, a recent addition to the uh, improvised Jane Austen troupe. You are correct. They've got shows going on right now. So if you're in Chicago, go check out the improvised Jane Austen ladies. Yeah, they, they've got, they're on Facebook. They always post their showtimes. It's a blast to go see. They know exactly what they're doing. They are hilarious. Um, and it's, it's really fun when they, when they get to play like male characters and they, they really, really man it up. A lot of man spreading, <laughs> a lot of, fun lot shows. of, a lot of boots up on furniture. I, uh, I was very fortunate and got to perform with them a few years ago and just had a blast with it. They're terrific. So that was if, a great show. Uh, if you are listening in Chicago or the Midwest and you are coming to the city of broad shoulders, Please check out Improvised Jane Austen. They're awesome. That's right. Thank you, Pretty Witty Joe. Thanks, Pretty Witty Joe. And from uh, Pretty Witty Joe to Just Joe. Just Joe. Yeah, Just Joe. Hello, Gentle Daves. Oh, so gentle. Uh, just got done with the Polybius episode and Stecco. You hurt us, Oregonians. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. You hurt oh, us like please. Flora hurt those simpletons in Idaho. No, no, no. I've never directly insulted the fair people of Puntland. 
It's uh, Will Lamet, an organ. For shame, Dave. For shame. And Flora, I was a bit disappointed you couldn't explain the Polybius cipher in pumpkin format. You're right about that. You're right about that. Yeah, that's the true. We do. I, we do I, have a responsibility to the pumpkin format. I, I'm terrible about that. But I'll tell you what, I'll come to Dave's uh, defense in this. <laughs> Dave was making fun of this dipshit right here in that episode. <laughs> Dave deliberately mispronounced things to make fun of me. Uh, we, we have already been taken to task. Our feet have been held over the fire of the Willamette river. And of course, I mean, we both say Oregon in, in natural speech. And when we're being stupid, we say Oregon. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I do it because so many people were upset when I was, when I just said Willamette liver river and people And so now, because I'm a churlish adult baby child man. Who uses the word churlish. Yeah, that will forever just purposely mispronounce it. uh, And and congratulations, Just Joe. You fell for my clever ruse. Now it is you who are stuck in my trap. I am the spider and you are the fly. How the tables have turned. The shoe is on the other hand now, Just Joe. How do you like it? He's, he's I don't. I don't. I don't. That, by the way. I don't. I don't know where to go from there. <laughs> <laughs> so, would you like to get lunch somewhere? Yes, uh, <laughs> I am hungry. <laughs> I order a pizza. Uh, I mean, you're stuck in my web of deceit. Yeah. So, so Dave, Dave knows what he's doing. It was all tongue in cheek. <laughs> Joe goes on to say, "I also want to say, as prior military law enforcement, I can tell you that we use video games for training." Think about those giant indoor golf simulators. Now imagine that with laser guns and police and military shoot-no-shoot training. Why are you shooting golfers? You know what? They're holding physics books, Dave. Haven't you learned anything from the documentary Men in Black? Yeah, they don't belong. Doesn't make any sense. The, uh, The cool part was if you made the wrong decision, there was a little airsoft gun attached to the top that would shoot you. Oh, um, and then poor Joe says, "2016 tried to kill me." Uh, he had the worst year uh, that a human could have uh, of of years, uh, including getting bitten by a rabid bat, Ugh. getting stabbed in the eye with a screw. Come on, man! Cutting his forearm open, and then he he had a fifth child, which is like cutting your wallet open. <laughs> That's right, and a house, and then a and then a car accident. Jeez, like, I, I mean seriously, Joe. If whatever you did, just buy some flowers and and yes. leave it on like death's grave. Yeah, just just stay home, listen to the podcast, just let this blow over. <laughs> you need to go to ground, son. <laughs> That's right. Good grief. Well, good luck, and I hope 2017 gets better for you. Uh, but he, he does leave us with a pun here. Uh, uh-huh. Last time he was at his local Windy goes, home of the Bonaconator, Bonaconator, but not Bonacon. I noticed they also serve high basil infused mozzarella sticks. Oh, high basil. delicious. Uh, don't be sorry, just Joe. Be, yeah. Just be safe. Yeah, just be Joe. Just be Joe. Flora. Oh, that's me. Flora, I waited in line outside the Apple store for three hours and got the limited edition Rose Gold C-3PO. <laughs> yeah. Apple Cyborg and Human Relations. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs>
uh, Rose Gold C3PO writes, Hi, I enjoy your show, and the Lego characters on the website are the tits meow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Welcome aboard already. Strong With- open. Real, real strong open. We're doomed. I started listening at episode 100 and kept listening anyway. <laughs> Zing! I'm almost caught up to the current era, having just listened to the Krampus Knock dealio, which made me think of an event you uh, use may or may not be interested in. It's a thing in Detroit, the metropolitan area of which I reside, so you are uh, skilled at manufacturing weapons or armored vehicles, so good on you. Um, called La Marche de uh, Nain Rouge. Based on local for- lo- folklore, it's an annual-like parade wherein La Nain Rouge, the Red Dwarf, gets chased out of town every vernal equinox to protect the inhabitants from bad luck. It's not working. Uh, actually, no, maybe it is working now. It's coming around. Uh, the story goes that the Red Dwarf appears in the city as a harbinger of whack-ass shit. First appearance being to Antoinette de la Moth Cadillac himself uh, on his way to found the fort that would become the settlement of Detroit. And that little fucker has subsequently appeared at key historic times in the city's history when bad stuff is going to happen. Anyway, so right now he's like a big boy just rotating at the edge of town. <laughs> anyway, the tradition has come and gone since forever, but it's currently a thing. And it's like a little Renfest Mardi Gras in downtown Detroit around the first day of spring. It's pretty cool. People dress up. There's a little party afterward for the drinky folk, of which <laughs> I'm a member. And there's also been a little 5K run, run du Nain Rouge beforehand, which is also neat. Is it Nain Rouge or Nain Rouge? I don't know. Nain Rouge! Nain Rouge! It's German now. Uh, you can Google the event. And they have a, you can Google the event. And they have a Facebook page. Good times. Now, see, this is why we should be more cut up on our our emails because this would be fun to check out. And I suspect it's already come and gone. Uh, it's also been a while, but I remember a discussion about the vision of dogs and the colors they perceive. And if I recall correctly, there was some confusion about primary colors. I just remember remarking to myself about the difference between primary colors of pigment. Um, the primary colors of light, which are blue, red, and green. When you add up all the colors in light, you get pure white light, which is mm-hmm. why to get yellow in the light spectrum, you must one must combine green and red. Uh, and that also makes blue and yellow uh, complements or opposite colors and maybe has something to do with the dog's vision. Maybe. Uh, that's a good point. I can yeah. see that. Uh, someday I'll have a pun or one of those superpower things, but until then, keep having fun doing what you do. Rose Gold C-3PO. Thanks, Thank Rose Gold C-3PO. And one more here from Stephen. Take us to the bridge, Flora. Greetings, David and David. Hello. Hi. Just wanted to give a shout out. Congratulate you on making an outstanding podcast. Well, thank you. Thanks. Um, I, w- I will be joining you for the St. Patrick's Day kickoff meltdown. Well, oh, I hope you yes. joined and I hope you enjoyed. We kicked more it off and I melted it down. More importantly, I am a 32nd degree master mason. How? So, Dave, you are now really a shill for the New World Order, and the check will keep flowing as long as you continue to pander to us. And so I shall. Nakshmahaken. I do have cryptid. I do have a cryptid in David's home of Kentucky in Land Between the Lakes. Oh, my, that is way far away from where I was. Uh, there is a cryptid that supposedly attacks campers along the hiking. I would like to know more. Will I tremble in fear when I go camping there? So I guess that's a that's a go look for this and tell me what to expect. <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Go check it out. Let me know. 
Uh, I like auctioneer that. Steven. Auctioneer, eh? Whoa. Oh, man. We got to do an auctioneer opening, Dave. Yeah, come That's talk to me I'm about auctions, son. But don't talk to me about how to pronounce lady rappers' names. <laughs> it's going to just get you a real nasty comment from the hip. <laughs> Thanks, Steven. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. <laughs> That's listener mail. Uh, and thank you guys for coming along with this kind of uh, a weird uh, but fascinating trip into uh, a kind of obscure religion. So One that bourbon definitely helped fuel. Drink, 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 drink. That was the drinky sound. Oh, yeah. You know what the other sound is? What? Patreon.com slash blurry photos. Get signed up for that for the monthly thing. We've got uh, extra sodes, live casts, crazy shenanigans, high fives, low fives. Flora does a somersault. I can do it. Yep. We also uh, have uh, get yourself a free audiobook at audibletrial.com slash blurry photos. Uh, like us on the Facebook, give us a five-star review on iTunes. You know, I've been saving it, but I got to check in on that pretty soon because I really like reading the reviews, but I, I either get really obsessive and read it every day for a while, or then I have to wait and let it kind of fill up a little bit. So (laughs) we definitely read all those. It really makes a difference to us. So, uh, we love the five-star reviews on iTunes, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, blurry underscore photos. Uh, also it's Easter. As we said before, at Candy Chatters, the ladies of Candy Chat, uh, Betty and Tab, uh, would love for you to follow them on Twitter. Um, Denny, not so much. He doesn't care what you do, but he's kind of responsible for it. So, you know, take care of that and take care of them. Thanks again to the Chicago Podcast Cooperative. Uh, make sure to check out some of their other fine podcasts. And uh, the clock is ticking down. You have until May 14th to get 30% off a finely crafted uh, wristwatch from Obaku.com using the code BLURRYS6. That's Blurry Season 6 to get 30% off a really, really sweet watch. They've got a ton of watches. They really do have. Uh, yeah. and it was hard hard for me to choose uh, yeah, a, same a here. watch on there. So, Yeah. Well, we got to post our watches like in a cool Wonder Twin Power picture. That's right. That was pretty fast. We really got through it. Yeah, I feel like we, yeah, we did the Lord's work there. Tell tell friends and neighbors. Get, yes. Get recruit That's more believers. Yeah. People believe you more than they believe us. So they'll take your word for it. And we appreciate that greatly. Yep. And I think that uh, think that'll do it for this yeah. episode of Blurry Photos. I have emanated David Flora. And I am the unclean demiurge, Dave Stecco. Captain Cabinets, trapped in cabinets. Can he get out? Will he get out? Of course he might.